Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. This episode is certainly a long time coming. And for most of you, you know I am the founder of Darting Creative, a content creation agency for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands. You also know that I am a creative director and photographer with some prop styling experience. And you know, I've been a spin instructor for two years and later became a certified yoga teacher. You know that I love donuts just as much as supporting other creatives. And you know, at least at this point, that two of my core values are transparency and creativity. But how exactly did I get here? My last traditional nine to five ended in February of 2014. And if you're counting correctly, it's been six years since I walked out of 11 Pin Plaza. And I've learned a lot about myself in these past six years. And it's pretty hard to sum it all up in one episode. So maybe this will be a full 60 minutes. We'll see. And the journey that led me here is filled with major tea and some lessons, of course. With that being said, I really feel like I should start with where I worked before the next chapter in my life started. So let's start there because it is certainly important to understand the backstory. It started in June of 2008 in the buying training program at Macy's. and. I got to be honest with you, about three months in, I knew I wanted to leave the company. Seriously. Um, It was an extremely volatile environment because I had a new supervisor every six months, which required me to adapt to a new personality and process. The company also went through major layoffs in October of 2008, shutting down three divisions across three states adding to my workload threefold, which if you're listening, it was a complete recipe for a disaster. (laughs) During my first three years, however, I found creative outlets through blogging. If anyone remembers, bsquaredfastinista.blogspot.com. I know. And I started wardrobe styling. I even had the opportunity to intern for June Ambrose but I was too scared to leave what seemed like a secure full-time job. But I realized that buying wasn't something I truly enjoyed and seeing that being promoted was actually really hard with an increased workload and Russian roulette of, of supervisors. I was fortunate enough to transfer over to the private brand product development division in the company. 
I liked the ability to decide what shipped to the floor versus buying it. And I really enjoyed my experience in the division for the most part. Eventually, I was promoted after dealing with some major microaggressions, which didn't end, but rather intensified once I got promoted. And this may not sound like a surprise to my Black women in the audience, but I was bullied by my own supervisor. Needless to say, waking up in the morning became harder and harder as the years went on. But God is funny and has a very unorthodox sense of humor. So in my last position, I managed a full category of business that represented about 10 to 15 million in annual sales for the department. It felt really good having autonomy and making decisions that positively affected the business. But the work environment was shit. You know, I used to joke around with my assistant at the time about getting a severance package any day now. Until I was approached to make a decision between what I did on my personal time and my job. Because you see, I had a fashion blog and a very small women's t-shirt line, actually about four styles. And apparently, human resources found out about it. But what really happened was my supervisor, who pretended to support me with air quotes, went behind my back and told HR, which by the way, I worked for a major fashion retailer. Like who didn't have a blog? Who didn't have a side hustle? And let's just be clear, I did not use company time to manage either, right? There's just something called tact. And before I continue, I just want to pause to say this real quick. You know, when Black women speak of not trusting their white counterparts or not feeling comfortable sharing, their personal lives um, in a way to connect or be in solidarity. It's moments like this for why we don't. You know, in my experience in a corporate atmosphere, being one of very few Black women in my department, I was seen as a hero for my financial acumen and prowess when I was hired and then considered a villain towards the end for the same expertise. I didn't really play the game. I didn't really go to all the happy hours, but I did have a great rapport with my upper management because, you know, I was leaning in. Also insert more air quotes. I built relationships with people throughout the company, which helped when I needed expedited approvals. And that didn't always bode well with my immediate supervisors. And don't even get me started about my hair, which I had a ton of it back then. I was befriended and then my personal interests were exploited against me. And the straw that broke the camel's back was when my counterpart was given credit for a report that I created. Needless to say, the decision to leave wasn't really that hard, but I digress. Instead of reporting to the EEOC, I took my unemployment benefits, which leads actually to my first lesson. When you know it's time to move on, pick up your shit and go. I probably should have left the company way sooner. And while all roads could have still led me to where I am now, it's very possible I could have avoided a lot of grief, mental abuse, and stress 
if I had left when I should have six months into that job. But once I left, I cashed out my 401k, probably <laughs> less than 1.2, something I do not recommend because it was foolish and just not smart. But during the time, it was an available option, and so I did. And the first month that I was out, I was still waking up around 6, 6.30 in the morning. Waking up early was just something I was used to, which leads to the next lesson. Maintain a schedule. I don't really believe in morning routines, but I do know that if I don't get up before 8 a.m., my day is pretty much shot. If you're an early riser, still wake up early. Eat breakfast. For me, if I don't eat breakfast, I am completely cranky for the rest of the day. So maintain a routine or a schedule to continue maintaining structure or organization. So once the money started to run out, which was about eight months later, I had to go back to working. I wasn't able to secure a full-time job, even though I knew I was capable of securing one. So instead of just sitting and waiting, I went back to my very first employer, which was Old Navy. I thankfully maintained a good relationship with managers there and was able to go back. But of course, that wasn't enough money. So I went back to work at a mom and pop restaurant that I was was referred to by a friend. And then when that wasn't enough, I went back to the container store. So from 2014 to 2017, I worked at two mom and pop restaurants, Old Navy, Banana Republic Factory, The Laundress, The Container Store, in addition to assisting two wardrobe stylists and looking for clients for Darting Creative, which I eventually launched in the spring of 2015. And if you're wondering, on average, I was working two to three jobs at any given time. The thought process being, I can always figure out a way to make money. It may be tiring or hard, and it was, but you got to just hit the ground running. I was really thankful for my employers because when I was struggling with paying my bills, I asked them for extra hours or more responsibilities, and I was always given the max amount of hours when they could afford the payroll. I was so thankful and appreciative, and it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't build and maintain those relationships, which is the next lesson. You really don't know when you'll see someone again. So just be nice and do your part. It's easier to ask for a favor when you're favorable and a valuable asset. And in retail, sometimes it's just as simple as getting to work on time, like showing up for your shift, not carrying your cell phone while on the floor, taking initiative while at work, asking questions about daily sales metrics, Putting in a two weeks notice and actually showing up until your last day of work. Who would have thought? Getting along with other sales associates. Being a team player. Helping out someone by covering their shift if possible. These are just a few examples of how you can prove that you're valuable. So fast forward to 2017 and I was restless while still living in New York. I didn't really quite gain the momentum yet in darting creative clientele, but I was onto something by this time. I was creating social media content using only my iPhone 
and I had created content for some really cool brands, Eden Body Works, two Macy's private brands, which of course was a full circle moment. And I did prop styling for Harper's Bazaar. I believed in this business so much. And there came a point where I had to ask myself, what was the most I was willing to sacrifice? And the answer at that time was moving in with someone, even if it wasn't in New York City. I reached out to one of my college girlfriends and I explained to her that I really loved what I did. I believed in it and I know that it can work. I just needed support, a safe space and some time to figure it out, which got me to DC, which leads to the next lesson. Building a business takes bravery, grit, and some sacrifice. You're going to have to ask yourself what you're willing to sacrifice. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing, what positions or um, accolades they're racking up. You need to ask yourself, what do you want? Are you willing to be uncomfortable for a temporary period of time? Because the reality is discomfort is temporary. Do you want it enough? This is something that you're going to have to ask yourself. And I think you know the rest of the story by now. As I've tried to continue documenting it online, whether it be here or on Instagram. And if you want to check out an about video, visit dartingcreative.com forward slash the agency or the link in the show notes. Needless to say, the last two years of success was a culmination of what I've gone through from years one to four. But there are a few more lessons, and I mean, I've learned so many, but here they are in no particular order. What you like as a child tends to come back around. And I'm an only child. I used to host TV shows where I talked about my day, and please keep in mind, I was talking to myself. (laughs) I used to build airplane models and sets for my Barbie dolls out of cardboard boxes. I even went as far as to making their own clothes with uh, tatted up old clothes of mine. And in my senior thesis in college, I said I wanted to be a creative director. Y'all, I was 22 and I couldn't be told otherwise. And I didn't really grasp what a creative director did, which, which in simplest terms is planning. It's easy to say that both of those things have manifested for me, whether that's online, on IG, specifically IG stories, this podcast, or the fact that my job is literally planning and using my hands to create content every day. So take stock of what you really enjoyed because that could possibly lead to your purpose and mission in life. The next lesson is, You don't know what you don't know, but you'll get what you need when you're ready, always. I feel like the more that I kept doing and not giving up, being persistent, the more information I was given. It felt like, for lack of a better phrase, unlocking new levels in a game every single time. Like I was collecting coins and I was able to move on. Maybe. I asked a question or won a giveaway or I saw something online that caused me to sign up for a program, but I always had what I needed at the right time, 
which leads me to the next lesson. God will always provide, even if it seems ridiculously delayed. Because, sis, when I tell you, (laughs) I mean, I don't have to go into a whole sermon, but I think that's all that needs to be said about that one. The next lesson, realize you have a secret sauce. This is probably something you've heard of your it factor, your competitive advantage, because the sooner you recognize and embrace it, the faster you'll find your tribe. I know that I'm organized. I know that I'm transparent, professional, and charismatic. And knowing those things have gotten me a very long way. The next lesson, nobody cares. So just freaking do what it is that you want to do. I'm a woman of action and implementation. I can ship or rather release something to the best of my abilities and see if it works or not. And this has always been a strong asset for me. I'm not necessarily one to be plagued with major analysis paralysis. And I have learned that The more you release something, the easier it is to let go of expectations of it being good or bad. You cannot be attached to the outcome of anything that you do, period. That sounds like a paradox, but you cannot have an emotional attachment to things because if you do, when you, you know, find yourself disappointed or rejected, it will negatively impact you a lot more than if you just were confident in what you released out there and just giving it up to the universe. I mean, that sounds really counterintuitive. You can't control whether someone is going to like what you release or not. You know, you just don't have that power. And actually, this leads me to a lesson that I didn't write in my notes. But another lesson is, you can't force your friends to be your clients. (laughs) Like your friends do not and should not be, you know, given the responsibility to like what you do or buy from you. You know, if you have done the work to understand who your ideal client is, nine times out of 10, it's probably not going to be your friends. And that is okay, right? Your friends are there to be your support system to be there for you when maybe you didn't get the client that you thought you should have gotten or if you're disappointed or something didn't go the way that you thought that it should. They're not there to open up their checkbooks for you. Next lesson, and I'll keep this one brief as well, but there's always life after X. And X can be a job, a relationship, it could be a breakup, marriage, promotion that you didn't get, anything. But there will always be something better. And this is something that I just always have held on to when times were dark. And especially when I left my job. You know, all the people that have been through Macy's, you know, one of the jokes that we used to say all the time was that there's life after Macy's. And when I tell you that I am a true believer of life being better, I 
completely believe that 100%. Last lesson I'll share with you guys, even though, I mean, there are so much more, but I really feel like these are the main ones. But the last one is be comfortable with pivoting. Be flexible with your methods, but not your vision. And if God provided the vision, he will provide the resources. You know, over the course of my life, you know, I've been many things. I've held many jobs, many positions. And creatively speaking, you know, I've been a fashion blogger with a blog spot. I've been a wardrobe stylist. I've been a t-shirt business owner. And nothing really stuck until Darden Creative manifested. And I believe that everything that I've done, I have learned something from each endeavor that has led to my current success. I don't take any of my experiences for granted. I don't really regret anything that I've done because it truly has led me on a path that I know for sure is my purpose. And I think that is something that we all aspire to when it comes to building something from scratch or being a business owner or doing the things of our heart's desire. You know, everything that you do can essentially be a part of the recipe to your success, whatever that may look like for you. I know that was about 13 lessons in under an hour, and it's definitely been a crazy six years. But cheers to where I've been and to the next six years and beyond. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara, Real Talk for Real Women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.